the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To what end is the Spirit's gifting to the body, these spiritual gifts? Looking at that next on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Join us. The glory of the Spirit's gifting the body. That might be a very good subtitle for today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Hi there, and welcome to our program. Today we continue in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 12. And today we'll focus in on verses 12 and 13. The glory of the Spirit's gifting the body. The profit of spiritual gifts is what we're really looking at, and we'll see today that the Spirit unifies us in this baptism, edifies in the gospel of Christ, and the Spirit satisfies us with the person of Christ. That's what's ahead today and tomorrow here on the broadcast, so stick around. Here's Pastor Jesse Gastan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Peter had that discernment on that day when nobody else in the region of Samaria did. They all thought he was some great man. Peter picked up on it, called discernment. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? The idea of discerning is being able to see past the facade to the source. It's being able to actually get past the appearance to the core problem at hand. And that requires God giving you understanding of what you're dealing with. This can be a long narrative around the presence of demons uh, in the world and in the body of Christ as well. And people's inability to discern demons or discern devils and discern unclean spirits as opposed to those who are holy and true. Don't get wrapped up in that, particularly if you're not gifted, because all you'll be doing is condemning the righteous with the wicked. As a blind person, a saying to have authority and condemning people because you have some kind of self-made list of righteousness that does not comport with the gospel. Don't go around condemning people when you don't know what you're talking about. Do you guys follow what I'm getting at? The gift of discernment, however, will actually be such that if you are operating out of it, watch this now, you will simply tell the truth. It's called the word of knowledge. And that word of truth will penetrate that individual at such an accurate level that it will liberate you from them or them from it. That when a person has a a spirit of discernment, if they're called, if their assignment is to deal with it, they'll be able to speak into that situation accurately, biblically, with a word of knowledge that will either liberate us from them or them from it. So that freedom takes place either for the body of Christ from the infiltration of demonically controlled people or freedom takes place on the part of that individual who was controlled by a demon. In our context here, Paul is used to liberate her from the bondage of the demons. Are you guys with me? Whomsoever the son shall set free shall be what? Free indeed. Are you guys looking at the text? 
Right. And that work is not to be done in willy-nilly form by anybody. Don't ever get caught up in all of that stuff. Let me share with you in our context how to understand why Paul was grieved. Why was he grieved with her words? Three fundamental realities. One is a blatant absence of Jesus Christ in her speech. A blatant absence of Jesus Christ in her speech. Will you notice what she says? These men of God have come from the most high. Sounds good, doesn't it? But we live today presently with cults all over the place pretending to be children of the living God who despise the name of Jesus who despise the centrality of the cross, who despise the supremacy of the son of the living God and won't use his name in relationship to who he is. And that is the son of the living God, very God of very God, truly God and truly man, God with us, Emmanuel, Jehovah's representation visibly to the world. They won't talk like that because they don't see him that way. So they'll use other appellations or terms that are biblical, like surely the term most high God is a biblical term. Are you hearing me? But it's not the term that saves. There is no other name given among men by which we must be saved, but the name of Jesus Christ. God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When I hear people making an aversion around who Jesus is, we know that we are at the crux of the problem. We are dealing with Antichrist. Jesus said to his disciples, who do men say that I am? And then he said to them, who do you say that I am? And it was revealed to Peter, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter, God revealed that to you. Are you hearing me? When you can't even acknowledge the crown rights of the son of God, when you can't call him Lord and master, when you can't call him the sovereign savior of the world, the creator of the universe, the word made flesh dwelling among us, when you can't call him Emmanuel, God with us, when you can't call him Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins, then we know you don't have the spirit of God. For the spirit of God has come to do one thing, glorify Jesus. Everyone is truly born again has that glory in them. The glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and true. We don't even equivocate as to whether or not Jesus is equal to the father and the son in terms of his nature and his essence. He is very God, a very God. As Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Are you hearing me? Because you got a lot of church folk pretending to know God but don't know Jesus. And when you don't know Jesus, you don't know God. Are you hearing me? When you don't know Jesus, you don't know God. And when you don't know Jesus at the level of sanctification and growth, you don't know how to actually discern it when folks attach themselves to you. And so this is very important in the area of this. So first, she was completely absent of the use of Jesus Christ, which we would have known because the apostle is the man who is preaching Christ everywhere. In fact, Paul said what? I am determined to know nothing among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Can you can you imagine for a moment that the apostle being with this girl many days didn't preach to her the person and work of Jesus Christ? The answer is no. She heard it day in and day out and day in and day out. 
but her job was to be governed by that slimy snake whose objective was to draw away undiscerning and ignorant men and women who was among the crowd. I call it a slimy snake because in the Greek, that's our Greek term for python. It's a python spirit. And the analogy of that is that he smooths up to you and begins to coil himself around you, all cute and nice. And then when you try to get away, you discover you don't have the power. And he gradually drags you off into the bushes to consume you. We talked about him being the dragon last Sunday, didn't we? It's the same snake that loves to look all cute with his beautiful colored skin and ease up on you, but he has your good nowhere in mind. He just wants to eat you up. So he grabs a hold of ungrounded Christians and gradually drags you into cults, into sects, into systems that do not glorify God and do not honor Christ. And if you don't scream and holler, you're not God. Do you hear me? If you don't scream and holler, help! Holy Ghost, help me! Come rescue me! Eyes wrong! I got way too close to the snake! If you don't call out, you're not his sheep. You get dragged into those cults, your mind is completely brainwashed, now you're telling lies. You're denying Jesus. You're abandoning the gospel. You're wrapped up in works religion. You're following a man. You're following a cult. You're following the devil. I've been there. Have you been there? How many of y'all been there? Been there. I know exactly how it works. That's why they don't last coming up in here. Say, Pastor, I haven't seen one of those python snakes up in Grace in a long time. No, we cut the head off right away. We just, we have a hard enough time holding on to Jesus. Then they have snakes running around here that we got to try to cut their head off of. I'm trying to cleave to Christ. The spirit of discernment. A blatant absence of Jesus in the essence of her joy, in the essence of her words, in the essence of her, her discourse. And then a bold assertion of the gifts as the object of glorification. It's a bold assertion of the gifts as the object of glorification. Please look at it now. Notice what she says. She says, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now they are the primary means of you being saved instead of the secondary means, instead of the instrumental means. Because the ultimate means is Jesus himself. Like when a church preaches that salvation is based upon what they teach you, they are operating out of a man-centered system. When a church preaches and teaches in a way that cultivates in the hearts of its members an unhealthy, watch this now, admiration of leadership, they are teaching a false gospel. They're teaching a man-centered system. When a church sets up its structure, its doctrine, its protocol, its government, its orthopraxy in a way where the members feel as if the only way that they can get to God is through that system or that method or that set of techniques that they are using, then that church now has usurped the authority of Christ. And you are now worshiping a man-made system, Catholicism, and all of the legalistic sectarian cultish systems that our world has. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And what's alien to people today, ladies and gentlemen, is this. When they come into a gospel church, two things don't happen. 
Leadership does not get exalted in some kind of inordinate, crazy way. Leadership does not get exalted in some kind of inordinate and crazy way. Pastor Jesse is not some kind of man of God that everybody bows down and worships. Pastor Jesse intentionally does not act like it. Do you hear me? I do not dress differently than you. I do not act differently than you. I do not portend that somehow I'm on a higher plane than you. I don't give you grounds to think that you can touch the garment of my clothes and get healed. I don't give you grounds to do that. You don't call me the king and my wife the first lady. There's not that kind of hierarchy in our church and our leadership doesn't operate out of it either. I won't let it. Because the moment you do that, at that moment, the headship of Christ is gone. The headship of Christ is gone. There is a big difference between honoring leadership and flattering leadership. Flattery worketh ruin. Flattery blinds men. Flattery corrupts men. And now all of a sudden you got 10 holidays where you're celebrating the pastor. A whole month of celebrating the pastor. Am I making some sense? Isn't that wild and crazy? We're going to celebrate the pastor for a month. Why? He's a rebel sinner just like you. Now, if we're going to be equal, let's celebrate everybody. After my month, then your month. But with 600 people at Grace, we'll be celebrating continually and never getting back to Jesus. So just stop celebrating the preacher and get back to Christ. Get back to the gospel. Get back to the grace of God. And so people coming out of those churches where they have a diet of being men pleasers don't understand why we don't make all kind of hoopla about people and persons because we are enamored with one man. As a woman in love with the impeccable Jesus, the one who is more beautiful than 10,000. He's altogether lovely. He's altogether glorious. He is the lily of the valley. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the rock of Gibraltar. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He is everything to me. And he should be to you too. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Right. And where you are in churches where that is compromised, you are in trouble. So she did not exalt Christ. She boldly asserted the gift as the primary means by which salvation occurs. And that indicated that indicated for us that she was operating out of man pleaser system. And see, this is where the church at Corinth was already in trouble. We learned this in first Corinthians chapter one twelve. Paul quickly said, did Apollos die for you? Did Cephas die for you? Did, did Paul die for you? And, and he says, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of y'all. Y'all have went around saying that I'm saved through Paul. He said the same thing in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 3, 4, and 5. He says, I cannot speak unto you as spiritual because you're carnal. You're trapped in the dilemma of focusing on men. For some of you actually will say, I am of Apollos. I am of Cephas. But who is Apollos and who is Cephas? You know what Paul said they were? Nothing. That's exactly right. Nothing. Men and women are nothing apart from the grace of God. At best, you are a water hose. But what good is a water hose when water is not coming out of it? 
At best, you're a spade. But what good is a spade if the hand that doesn't take the spade to break up the ground and prepare for building doesn't guide you? Put no honor in a man. The honor goes to God alone. To God be all the glory. And that's how that works. And that kind of discernment is a long, drawn-out conversation. That's why I took the time with it. Because unfortunately, we have so many people that get trapped in these kind of pseudo-honoring systems. Am I making sense? And it's all for one reason, ladies and gentlemen. Would you please hear me? I'm going to make this really simple. When Christ Jesus is not your thesis, when Jesus Christ is not your sum and substance, when Christ is not everything to you, then whatever is left out of that, not everything, will eventually get you one day. What what grants men and women security for eternal life is to know that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life, and that no one comes unto the Father but by him. And that word, John 14, 6 and 7, should never get old with you. It's your safeguard. Because you and I will wake up on some days stupid, won't we? We're dumb sheep. And if Christ is not more faithful to us than we are to ourselves, we get dragged off by somebody. Or get even stupider than that. I know that's not good grammar, stupider. But we get stupider than that. We'll look in the mirror and we'll go mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? I think today I want to be my own savior. And some people get to acting a fool for a long time that way as well. That's why you have people who abandon church and abandon God and get wrapped up in themselves, won't they? I don't believe in nobody but me. Boy, if that's not foolish, (laughs) the last person you should be believing in is you. (laughs) Let me move on to the next two gifts because they're a little sticky as well. So I can begin to wrap up what I consider a very clear admonition in 1 Corinthians 12 around how to identify the quality of the gifts in terms of them being used by God for the glory of God and when they are not. In your outline, we will have um, two other gifts to deal with. They are clearly seen over in verse uh, chapter uh, 12, verse 10. To another, the working of miracles, of prophecy, of discerning of spirits as we have just dealt with. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. Do you guys see that? Different kinds of tongues. It's important now to be able to deal with this. Different tongues. The word is always, always languages. Glossa in the Greek. It's always languages. Don't get caught up in the grammar. It's always languages. And what Paul said is, is that God will grant some diverse kinds of tongues. Different kinds of tongues. Immediately when those two adjectives are attached to the word glossa, we know that we are dealing with human languages. This is how we know. Because the languages, while they are all under the one category and rubric of languages, they are different kinds of languages. Did you guys see that? They are different kinds of languages. Paul gave that word by inspiration of the Spirit to make sure you and I understood that what was happening in the book of Acts is what continued on throughout the apostolic age, whereas we saw in Acts chapter 2, that men of every nation was able to affirm that those Galilean Jews were actually speaking in their own dialect the wonderful works of God. Seventeen nations all stood up and say, how can we hear these Galileans speak in our own tongue, our own dialect, the wonderful works of God? Are you guys hearing me? It was a miracle 
of languages that took place because languages would be part of the gifts given by the Spirit of God to the church to be able to break into nations and preach Jesus directly to those nations without those nations having to, as it were, teach the Jewish person how to speak in that particular dialect or language. So Paul made it clear in 1 Corinthians 14 how this works. So when we're looking at this term, he gave to another diverse kinds of tongues. That word kinds there is our term for genos, or what we would call categories of species. The best way to explain it quickly is in Matthew chapter 13, verse 47, where Jesus gave the parable of the dragnet. The kingdom of God is like a dragnet when it's cast into the sea. That dragnet brings in all what? Kinds of what? Fish. Now they're all fish, but they're different kinds of fish. One major species with different categories. This is what we call uh, microevolution. Is that not what we call it? Where within the species category, you get distinctions, clearly distinct, distinct categories of fish. So when I go out fishing with my brothers out in, uh, in the bay. I know, watch this now, when I'm catching rock cod and when I'm catching halibut. The difference between a rock cod and a halibut is very obvious. Isn't that right, brothers? Now they're both fish, but they're different kinds of fish. And here's the problem with what goes on in many of our churches today. Whenever you hear people speaking in what is called a heavenly language, it all sounds the same. It all sounds the same. Indistinguishable. Are you hearing me? Just a bunch of noise. It all sounds the same. But if you hear different languages, you can hear a distinction in the languages, even though you don't understand the interpretation. Let me show you a few fundamentals in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Remember what we learned? 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is about sobriety. Be careful, you who think you stand, lest you fall. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 is about priority. I would have you to know that the head of Christ is God and that the head of man is Christ and that the head of the woman is the man. That order is being violated all over the place today, including in the church. Chapter 12 is actually about what we call charity. Chapter 12 is unity. That's what we are, unity. And chapter 13 is charity. Chapter 14 is called clarity. In chapter 14, Paul is correcting the errors of the children of Corinth as they are exhibiting these gifts in a way that is not showing unity, harmony, and charity. So what he does in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is tell them, you guys need to operate in order You need to operate in edification and you need to operate in clarity. We actually call it the CEO of 1 Corinthians 14, right? Clarity, edification, and order. That means even if you do have the gift of languages, that gift of languages has to be employed the right way in order for it to be edifying. And in order for it to be edifying, it must be done in order. Y'all do know that, right? Where it is not done in order, it is not edifying. Where it is not done in edification, it is not clarifying. Where it is not clarifying, it is not of God. God is not the author of what? Confusion. Did y'all hear what I just stated? So watch how Paul puts this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, just so that you can know. For me, the fundamental problem that I have with my Pentecostal friends who would assert that they are free to exhibit this gift, the way in which they do it is wrong. 
At best, if you are going to claim and own the gift of speaking in tongues, which you will have to justify grammatically and biblically, that's your burden. At best, if you do it in the church, I should never hear you. At best, if you do it in the church, I should never hear you. The Apostle Paul made it clear, let him or her or them keep silent in the church. That if a tongue is exercised as a gift, there better be an interpreter. That'll conclude our time today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan, the Ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We thank you for spending time with us. Trust that as you do walk through God's Word with us, you're growing in grace, growing in your relationship with Christ and your love and adoration to Him. As we conclude our time together today, we would like to remind you that if today's broadcast was an impact to you, maybe it really blessed you, or maybe you've got a question or two that to listen to this program again would help out. Well, we have CDs available when you call or write to us, or if you wish, simply stop by our website and download the audio file from the website. Our web address is grace-bible.com, rather simple. Again, grace-bible.com. Or contact us by phone at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, the address is 22768 Main Street. And that's here in Hayward. The zip code is 94541. Again, that's 22768. Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541 is the zip code. We ask for $5 per CD, or again, as mentioned, simply stop by our website and you can listen to the message in its entirety or download the MP3 version, grace-bible.com. One final note, we're inviting you to join us for worship. Sunday services are at 11 a.m. with Sunday school at 10 a.m. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study at 8 p.m. We'd love for you to stop by and join us for worship, especially if you're not involved in a fellowship at this time. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We have folks from all kinds of churches all over the Bay Area joining us at 8 p.m. It's a marvelous time of studying God's Word together as a company of believers. Again, for directions, simply go to grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.